We are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Full spoilers. Spider-Man Across Across the Spider-Verse. Full spoilers for this movie. If you have not seen this movie, you know, do the the whole spiel. Pause it, whatever you want to do to go see this movie. Go do it before you listen to us. Uh, Full spoilers. You have been warned. So let's get into it real quickly. Directed by Joaquin DeSantos, who directed Voltron and The Legend of Korra. Uh, Kemp Powers, who was co-director on Soul. And Justin... Justin... K. Thompson, sorry, I couldn't read my handwriting for a second, um, who are the three directors for this one. And then it was written by Bill Lord and Chris Miller um, with uh, with Dave Callahan, who wrote Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Mortal Kombat, Wonder Woman 1984, Doom. Got quite the... What was the last one you said? Doom. 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 2005's Doom? Yes. Man, he's really had enough swing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a co-writer on this one. So, okay, so let's get right into it. What do we think? Ben, you want to go first? Sure. I All right, I'll go. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I want to start a lot of like immediately hit the ground wing with what I want to rate this movie, but I absolutely love it. This, when people have been saying that this is like the absolute best Spider-Man film ever made thus far, it, there was no hyperbole there. I cannot praise this movie enough on how beautiful it is on how the story hits you like in the gut. There's a lot of great emotional beats and there's a lot of things like, yeah, this is miles of story, but other characters get the spotlight specifically Gwen Stacy. It is. This is one of those things where this is truly a comic book film where I feel like I'm looking at a comic book and the pages are coming to life before me on screen. I absolutely adore this movie. There's a reason why I'm putting this like right now it's number two on my top 10 Zelda ekes it out just a bit, but Holy crap across the Spireverse is absolutely amazing. I would absolutely love to go see it again. This is fantastic. Sparks or Ryan. Yeah, this movie's really good. Yeah. Really, really good. No, I, uh, uh, there's a lot of hyperbole you can throw around, but like this really is a special movie, just like the first one, but like able to build on it and, not only in, include so many more animation styles and so many more characters and have it all balanced out so well and, you know, improving on the, the animation and uh, uh, the scope of the movie while all t- it still feels grounded in character because, you know, it always comes down to character no matter, no matter how big your movie gets. Um, it was really, sh- I'm really shocked that, like, they just, they really pulled it off and, like, and, like, to know that we're getting another one that will, that will cement this as probably one of the greatest trilogies I've ever made. Uh, it, it's, like, it's... I just want to, I want to throw around a lot of hyperbole, but like, I don't need to because we all saw the movie. Right. Sparks? Uh, it's spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I laughed. I cried. I, oh, uh, like I had a great time. Um, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I only have one issue with it that, that, that I can't get over. I was hoping to see it again. Uh, to see if I could, but as it stands right now, I just only have the one issue. But other than that, yeah, great movie. Uh, so let's dive in. Where do we want to start? I guess we'll start with your one issue. Oh, I just don't think it's as tightly paced as the first film. Uh, I felt that I felt the first film, having watched them back to fact, the first film is very tight. It's paced well. It moves. It, it breathes. This one, I think, breathes too much in certain points. Now, mind you, I don't know what I'd cut. Probably nothing. I think. 
everything in here services the story and it's really good. I just don't think it's as tight as the first one. That's really I'll it. tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what. Oh, sorry, Ben. I see you're going to talk. About it. No, no. I I actually kind of agree with that. I'll. I do agree that it isn't as tightly paced because when I saw the runtime for his movie, I was very surprised. But Spider-Verse is also a two hour long movie and it works or the first Spider-Verse, excuse me, into Spider-Verse is tightly paced for a two and a half hour flick. You don't really feel the runtime. Oddly enough, I do remember feeling the runtime a bit in this movie, but I wasn't annoyed because there are times where you feel the runtime of a, of a film and you just go, oh, God, when is this going to end? But this one is like, OK. But with this one, I'm watching it, and there's a point in the movie where I'm like, okay, I've been sitting here for a while now. I wonder if we're going to the end point, but at the same time, I don't want it to end. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying making it longer would have have improved it. I just – I am agreeing with Brandon that it's not – I mean, there are maybe a few pacing issues, but at the same time, those pacing issues didn't really take me – out of the film, but I do acknowledge that they're there. And also I agree with, I don't know what to cut to be perfectly honest. I'll tell you, uh, I also, uh, uh, and I compared it to uh, Return of the King, the Sparks after I saw it, but uh, I don't have a problem with the pacing until the, actually the end of the movie, the last 20 minutes for me feels like, and this isn't a negative, like I think all of it's great, but it's like, it feels like it's kind of dragging its feet to get to the big reveal. Like the last 20 minutes, once Miles kind of put back where he is, it takes a long time and a lot of, a lot of like, we're revisiting this character where they ended, we're revisiting this character. And for like three separate times, I thought the movie was going to end, but it kept going. And again, none of it's bad. I'm just like, man, it, it's, I thought this movie was going to end like three separate times. Um, yeah. And I like the, I like, again, I like, I, I like the cliffhanger that we do leave on, but I thought there was three separate cliffhangers that we were going to be left on. Uh, yeah. So like, I agree, but I don't particularly like, it's not like a, like, a, it still looks better than any movie I've ever seen in my life. So like, I can't complain too hard, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I'll jump in on that and say that I, I agree a bit with Ryan about like um, the the endings, uh, the ending of the movie and and where that falls. I uh, don't have a problem with the pacing in the sense that like I recognize that it ha- it is not as tightly paced as the first one. I uh, give it some leeway, I guess, because the first one is telling a singular story and this is telling a part one story. I know it's not called part one, but we know it. We know it's a part one story. And to me, it feels like part of the reason they decided to go for a part one, part two is because they decided that a lot of the character beats we spend a lot of time with in the early half of this movie, especially like the fact how long it takes for us to actually roll into what the story is about is pretty surprising. It's a long time for an average film. Yeah. But I do think the point of it is that all of those things had to be there or the next movie's not going to hit. Yeah. And obviously we don't know that for a fact, but I'm suspecting that's the case. Is that like and I, and I kind of appreciate it because like uh, rewatching into the Spider-Verse one thing I that like Okay, thanks Emma. Um <laughs> one thing that does <laughs> Jesus, she just threw my iPad on the floor. Um <laughs> one thing uh that really does like jump out to me as like uh I wanted more of is specifically Miles' mom. I'll say, mm-hmm. and into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. It's a very father-son story. It's a very masculine-focused story. That's not a problem, but it is something that when we come to this film, I did want more of that presence. And not, and I would say this is a very much like more balanced film, certainly giving in more of a female perspective because it's not just his mom, but also Gwen. And you get so much more of that in the front half of this film, which I think is important and is important for the character arcs of Miles, but also those other characters around him for where we're going and for what this movie's saying it's doing. So for me, it all kind of evens out as like, yeah, this is pace. This is not pace like your usual film would be. It's pace like a part one. Um, but for me, it works. I, I'm kind of jiving with it. Like the, the, the fact that we did spend as much time as we did with Gwen before we even hit a tile card 
honestly amazed me and I, I was just enthralled with it. Nothing makes me happier than a late title card. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Especially so after that scene, especially after that scene, like that entire sequence of Gwen, and you see like where she hides her 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 own police radio and where she hides her costume and every like in the drum set. And even if it's just the opening where she's playing the drums and narrating it and the the drum beat just constantly gets faster and faster and more uh, more aggressive. And it's just oh like the like 10 seconds like or not 10 seconds 10 minutes in especially when we get her dressed up and i love the ballet shoes and when she goes out to fight the vulture i was just like this is like the best spider-man movie i've ever seen and oh you mean like 10 15 Shakespeare vulture yeah so Shakespeare vulture. i just want to put a cap on my thoughts on the pacing thing before i move on to what is my favorite part of the movie um which is that <clears throat> i um i i i, I agree with what all of you were saying, but I also kind of disagree because like, as Ben said, I did feel the length of the film, which is not something I can say about a lot of films, especially animated movies, which is why I wanted to see it again. Cause now that I know kind of the pacing of the film, would I be more prepared for it? Uh, maybe I wasn't exactly prepared for it in the beginning. Um, so, and then I, but as Ryan said, what's very important is that you never want, and Ben said a little bit, you never want the movie to end because it's so pretty to look at. No matter what you're looking at, no matter what the pacing is, you're looking at a work of art. Um, <clears throat> and that's what this movie is, quite frankly. Now, Ben, sorry to go into it, so if it's okay, I want to talk about the opening scene with Gwen. Yeah. Because that's my favorite part of the movie. Not a slight on the rest of the movie. I But I really like Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen. A, a Spider-Woman, Ghost Spider, whatever her name is at the, to, to this day of the week. I've read all of her books. I bought her stupid miniseries. Because she doesn't have a current ongoing right now. And that pisses me off. I sold her number one for $250 to help me pay rent. There you go. I still have my number one. Um, uh, and, and so like I... So like I love I love I love her book I love the art style of the of the of the first series before Ghost Spider, um, and so like he, seeing that book literally come to life on screen with the, the the art style of her world very reminiscent of the art style in that comic, um, and her relationship with Captain Stacy um, and and everything like it it was just so special to me like I I I wanted I like. That made me excited when I heard the Spider Woman news. I'm like, yes, if it's anything like that, 20 minutes, uh, yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board. Well, and I think you know it's going to come up a lot in this film, but the the commitment to you know the different animation styles of the characters from the first movie had always been like cool, but now we're going to the air worlds and um, playing with different animation and not looking. <clears throat> the same and and giving this new look each time that we're passing into these new worlds i think is really special and, and gwen's is a hell of a way to start it especially with the overlaying panels of her doing the drums as she's thinking about uh, all this stuff um and i really like the uh opening monologue we're getting mixed in with it of <clears throat> why and why i think this movie kind of gets away with its part one this a little better is because like this is very much a part one of a mile story right this is a full arc for Gwen though uh, right. Gwen Gwen is starting the film telling us that you know she feels like she hurt Miles in a way she can't make up for and the whole movie is us getting to that point and what she's going to do about it what decision she's going to make to do something about it yeah. and that if you argued like this movie's like through line that is the through line and then Miles has a through line through the two movies 
but like Gwen has a through line for this movie. And I think that was why it was so smart to focus on her, start with her, give her that point where mm -hmm. we know we're heading to something bad happening between the two of them <clears throat> and then getting there and also giving us like, it's one of the reasons I don't mind the ending kind of going to the length it does because it's, it's the, the two things that are very right about like what they do with Gwen at the end is her conversation with Miles parents and her, showing the decision of her like getting the gang together because they're going to go help miles mm -hmm. um and that that gives it a full circle whole thing um so i really really love the choice it, uh yeah. starting on her was just so so smart oh, yeah. <clears throat> and you mentioned the mary janes and her kind of going through the um the 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 the, 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 the drama just going through her history what i really love about about that is then this is a little selfish i'll fully admit and the first film and in, into the spider-verse i actually just re-listened to this part and the review fun fact um where i mentioned i was like i know there's no room for it in into the spider-verse but i i do wish that we had more about gwen's history because she's dealing with a peter parker who's not hers who's not her own and how would that affect her we don't really see that effect in that movie and then we do in this movie. And so that was really exciting for me because I'm like, oh, they're doing it. And Jack Quaid plays her Peter, which is cute. Yeah. Uh, we see her the, the that that version of the lizard, which is really cool, a really cool design for the lizard. Um, and that whole event play out that led to Peter's death. And I'm like, oh my God, you're this is just the comic. You're just you're just the backstory. Someone put this really well on a tweet. So the backstory of this movie is comic books. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's so cool. <laughs> and this movie never, never fails. Like Ben said, like you're, it's like you're watching a, a comic book. Like it never fails. Like in between, like transitions, like when we're going to the next chapter of like throwing down a comic book with the cover that that they're gonna, like the 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 movie is referencing. Right? It is yeah. really, really cool. Like, and to, I just want to respond to what Brandon was saying. So real quick, like to Brandon's point of what he's saying, um, into the Spider Verse, not going into that a lot. Right? That's part of what kept that movie so tight. That was Miles' story. It was focused on Miles. It was focused on Miles' world. It's a very clear and very good story. It's a tight story. It's excellent. They, they tell it very well. It feels like there was an active decision because they knew they were giving themselves the room of two films, that they made a decision of, does this make the character richer if we leave it? Then we leave it. Mm -hmm. And so allowing moments to last and to languish and to live makes it feel like so many more people while we are thrown so many things in this movie, I feel so deeply connected to so many different characters in a way that, especially in anime film, but in general, I don't think you get a lot when films throw this many characters at you. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to, I was going to extrapolate on uh, Ryan's point about the whole comic <laughs> book thing. I love it when they, you have comic book like references or not like references from comic books, but things you see in comic books, like the little editor's boxes, that, that are sprinkled throughout the movie. Love, those, love it. Like the second, um, Oscar, um, excuse me, not well, it's Oscar Isaac, but he's playing Miguel O'Hara. When Miguel says he has hammer space, and there's a little box that explains what hammer space is. Love I didn't it. get it. I didn't read the whole thing because I was just like, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, just like trying to watch the action, read what was said. But all the other like little bits, like when a character, I forget. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there times when a character is thinking to themselves and it pops up as text in the text boxes? Yeah, they do it in yeah, the that first movie. Yeah, that yeah. happened in the first yeah. movie too. I, I just love it when they do that. Because yeah. to me, it's just like, it when the writers and the creators, like the entire team who made this film, when they were making this, they never, like you said, uh, Brandon, whoever made that tweet, the backbone was comic books. When they were making this movie, they never straight up like, this is a comic book movie. Let's make it a legit <laughs> comic book turned uh, film. 
you're absolutely correct. But I do want to correct. I didn't say I didn't say backbone. I said uh, the backstory that... for much of the characters of this movie is just straight from the comic books. The... Yeah, when that first um, editor's box popped up, we got a pretty good reaction in our theater. Mm-hmm. So the so comics... comic fans for sure. When the comics code of authority popped up, my theater erupted Dude, in applause. I laughed. No one else did. I'm like, oh, I have. Uh, I just love that little com- approved by the comics code of authority. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, a good bit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The first like 20 minutes being kind of like, like, you know, like, um, this is my story. But instead of it being the 30 second version, it's like a 20 minute short story. And it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and like Gwen's whole like, uh, like monologue with the drums. But like, there's so there's so much more visually happening in this movie than the last movie and that movie already had so much going on but like as you see Gwen traveling she's constantly seeing miles and reflections she is constantly being reflected as ghost spider uh whether it's half or full anytime like a train door opens she transforms into a character or vice versa like this is like the like the busiest movie ever made like it's I like the we see so many movies guys I'm just like not that movies are ever like phoned in but I'm just like this movie specifically like there's I see the five years that went into this movie like it's it's it is truly like God God bless art like AI can never do this ever that's why I'm not worried about AI because like we get this shit look at this um, I uh, highlighting on the Gwen sto- stuff the story choice that I think is so so smart right is to what would push Gwen to stick with Miguel's agenda right and it's this it's this I've lost whatever little I had left in my world because my dad was going to arrest me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you can make, you can make the argument that like, if Gwen had revealed it differently at a different time, but like, she certainly thought that if I told him he wouldn't be hunting spider woman, but I'm afraid that if I do, he'll, he'll react the way that he does in the initial moment. And like, it's so, it's such a good catalyst for pushing her into this uh, narrative with Miguel with this protection idea but also you know that part of the reason she goes is because she, there's some way some backdoor way I'm going to end up seeing Miles again yeah which is what she wants to do um but the way that it all comes up comes down on her and what it means uh I think is so smart that it starts from that place and again, like, you know, this being a, this movie giving her a full art that we get to go back and see her with her dad and what that ends up actually being. And that's such a big, like, motivating push for her to be like, I'm going to go fix this. Yeah. And so, you know, so what's so interesting about that is that um, she also decides to stay away from her dad because she knows that it's it's Spider-Man's destiny to lose a captain, a, a police captain. Right. Mostly it's Captain Stacy. And so her dad is Captain Stacy. So she's thinking to herself that, oh, I'm going to lose my dad. Right. Dude, the first time they, they said <laughs> canon event, I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you me? We're doing this type of shit. Like, like, um, what is the, the Nexus event type shit? But like for Spider-Man, because like, yeah. that's a cool thing. Like we like we see the spider multiverse but we also see the branches that we see in loki first before it dives into the <coughs> into the spider like the, the, web. the sub dimension of the spider network right and i'm just right. like there's like so much synergy happening like whether whether you know it's attached to sony movies mcu movies like this movie's weaving a thread through all of it so perfectly in a yeah. way that like i just wish all comic movies could be this smart about it you know can i just say this is the most excited i've ever seen i've ever been seeing the venom verse when oh, sure. yeah. the spot <laughs> yeah. shows up in Mrs. Chen's place, I was like, "Oh shit!" This is just a Tuesday. That was such it? a that was such a smart cameo choice was for it to be her and, and not anybody else from that universe because, like, yeah. 
I, I feel like if it had been Tom Hardy, it would have been like, and this is in general with their cameos, with their Easter eggs, they know just the right amount to give you without like overlaying it. Um, I think let's just like microcosm this real quick. Like the Andrew Garfield appearance, the Tobey Maguire appearance, they, they don't feel like they're, they're playing to the cheap seats to me. No, they feel no. contextually relevant. We're talking about the times that a captain dies. This is a loss that happens in Spider-Man stories. And one of the times that's happened is Andrew Garfield. And so the, it, that we see it, we, talk about, Uncle, we talk about Uncle Ben being yeah. a focal point and, and they don't even like put it. It's not prominent. It's in the background. Right. But we see Tobey Maguire yeah. with yeah. Uncle Ben. And like, we know that's what it is. But like, again, they're contextualizing. This happens all the time with Uncle Ben and all this kind of stuff. And like, what a smart way to allow those characters to be referenced to appear but I didn't feel like it was being ham-fisted with it. No. It was so smart. It was so selective of how it showed it. The Donald Glover cameo is so smart, so selective of how they do it. Because like, is it at the MCU one? Who knows? Could be. Um, and like, you can play in that space. You can just live that way with it. Uh, obviously, Yuri Lowenthal and Josh Keaton uh, as Insomniac Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Really glad they get their moments to shine. Um, really excellent. Uh, we know there's other Spider-Men uh, coming. I, you can't tell me that 90 Spider-Man isn't in the next one. Uh, we, got, oh, yeah. um, Spi- uh, we got like 60 Spider-Man for a hot second yeah, yeah. when he's swinging yeah. in and... Uh, no and, animation. Uh, no, the directors have said, like, they're saving, like, y'all, I know there was like a thousand Spider-Men, but we have we have plenty more we didn't show. And oh my true. god. Spi- Spider-Rex was so great when he just jumps into the air and just flip. Yeah. <laughs> my fiance was dying of laughter when spider rex showed up sure i mean i mean obviously she once spider cat came up and started scratching miles's face she was like spider kit kitty because you know she loves cats but was spider rex even i'm just sitting there going a mother fn t-rex is a spider man and you sparks sparks kind of quickly kind of quickly went through them but i do i do want to kind of spend a little bit of time on some of these cameos because spectacular spider-man uh surprised me because he's in he's twice he's got two vocal cameos uh, when we see him, uh, both times we see him, he says at least a line. Then the second time we see him, he has a really impactful line where they're talking about like, hey, Miles, like this is you got to accept that these canon events, this is what being Spider-Man is like. You're, this captain is going to die. And he's and they know. And at this point, Miles knows that they're talking about his dad. Mm-hmm. So I it's just, you know. Yeah, we uh, the spectac- spectacular Spider-Man stuff. It's funny because the the. The voice actor, uh, Josh Keaton? Yeah. Josh Keaton. Uh, he said he did that in April, which is not that long ago. And he wasn't even sure he was in the movie. And then on Twitter, Phil Lord was like, don't worry, bro. I got you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. I love it. Uh, I, I lo- Josh Keaton's inclusion feels a lot like Andrew Garfield's inclusion in Spider-Man No Way Home. That kind of like vindication of like, yeah, we get that. That's the one that needed to be in this. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, it's like the I mean, it's more than one person, but this this person does it the best. Uh, Grant Morrison, they they're a person who's like, I'm everything matters. Every single issue came out. It's canon in my book. Uh, just how do you recontextualize, recontextualize it? And it's like, it's a Spider-Man multiverse. Let's have every fun Spider-Man. Like, it's a fun yeah. animated movie. Like, of course, there's a Spider-Man T-Rex. Why not? But there is one constant. There is one, there's one more constant in every multiverse. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Thank Bro, he showed up multiple times in different. I'm just like, get, work, sir. That get really, that money. That, that was really fun. Because he shows up first in the Lego universe. Yeah. I loved that bit. Lord and Miller, like when the spot pops into the like the Daily Bugle Lego set, everyone's like, ah. And then the fact that we even cut back 
to the Lego universe with Lego <laughs> Peter Parker. He just takes and off his suit. He's just, just boop, 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 boop. I what? You're my best just, agent, Peter. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. you're one of our best, Peter. <laughs> I was just like, thank you, Lord and Miller, for going back to Lego for this. Oh, real quickly. Uh, did you guys see the ass on the Gal O'Hara? Yeah, uh, so Chris Anka, who is a very talented comic book designer and artist, he is the new character designer for this movie, and he said that they had to shrink that ass multiple times because he designed it so thick on purpose. So he said, like, I see those thirst tweets about Miguel. Trust me, it, w- it was going to be bigger. And I'm like, that's that's a bisexual character designer for sure. There is there is beefy oh, between the post credit scene and this one. He worked sure. out. I saw I saw that. I I was looking at that and I was like. I can't look away. <laughs> it's everywhere. Miguel, um, Miguel's got it. What's really funny about because you mentioned the postgrads thing, what's really funny about the 1967 uh, uh, Spider-Man inclusion is that that's from the post-credit scene. So he actually succeeded in recruiting that guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he yeah. was the first recruit of the yeah. Spider Society. That's so good. Yeah, I, that post-credit scene. I'm kind of if, if I had to get jumping a don't little. Don't say it's a negative it, that we don't have a post-credit scene. Don't say it. What? Don't say it's a negative that we don't have a post-credit scene. Okay, fine. I won't say it then. <laughs> I I do <laughs> like movie worse. <laughs> I do like where it ends and the the you I know do. Miles Morales will will return in Spider Ver Spider Man uh, Beyond the Spider Verse. Yeah, I do like that. I do like that. I, I guess uh, part of me was just hoping for another like another fun little snippet because obviously the from the the postgrads from Into the Spider Verse was hilarious and fun and it, you know even in the Spider Society I don't know why we're not sick of it. I'm glad we're not sick of it, but it's like pointing get. Yeah, all the Spider-Men pointing at each other. The background for Sparks and Ryan, their green screen is everyone is, or just all the Spider-Men just pointing. Actually, it just really funny. makes me so happy. What's really funny about it is it looks like it's Spider-Man Unlimited, just kind of like, "Hey guys, yeah. he's pointing to us." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Mag brings up Neil Patrick Harris, Spidey. Hey man, I next one. I'm. I bet you they're saving some people. Neil Patrick Harris will cameo in anything, especially if he only has to do a voice. Yeah. So I'm sure he's in the MTV one. Spider-Man. Show. And oh, they told was... us Superman Supe- was supposed to be was going to be in this movie when Into the Spider Verse, and he's not in this movie. So there's also uh, there's not a lot, but there are a couple frames from the trailer that aren't in this movie, and that they could just be cut. But people are also speculating that they could be from another movie because uh, there's like some sort of like like some like <clears throat> Prowler stuff, but like. You know, maybe Spider Man was there and he got cut. He said he's got to be in the next movie. They uh, did. Question: Which who was Andy Samberg? Which Spider Man was? Ben Andy Riley. Samberg? Riley. Oh, next. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say I was about to bring up Ben Riley. Um, I, 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 I love my boy Ben, but like this is this is a context where like we we pull all kinds of jokes about all Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and so like Ben Riley being done the way he is, I'm like, yeah, that's fire. That's fine. You you if you're. If you're getting like yeah, like he is the '90s joke. I mean, if honestly, if you want to go even <clears throat> darker, you would do Kane, who's even right. a more edgy uh-huh. Spider-Man. Which how do you get possible? Because Ben's really edgy. Um, but it is like I do see some Spider fans online who are mad that like Ben's portrayed as Spider-Man. Like y'all, this is the same Ben's movie. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, he's he is the '90s uh, uh, edge lord. Like this 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 is who he is to a lot of people. Honestly, I saw some of that Twitter backlash before I saw the movie. Yeah, um, because we we saw it today, uh, and. I I was like, man, how bad is it? And like, I went and I'm like, this is fine. This is no more than like we we kind of give our jabbing teardowns of any other spider character in this universe. Like, like absolutely, this is this is fine. This is not egregiously like shitting on this character. I don't know why Ben Riley fans are freaking out. I it's, don't think they need to. I I, I get it because specifically. 
like the last couple of years, like like right now Ben is chasm, like he's like he's like yeah, a super yeah. villain. So like Ben really hasn't had the best luck the last couple of years. No. And like this is the first time in live or not live action, in like big movie form we're seeing Ben Riley and he's relocated to a joke. So I get it, but y'all can settle down. Right. He looks great. I love the design. The way like Andy CG, Samberg, the like way, like three, the way yeah. Andy Samberg goes about the voice kind of reminds me, those who have watched a bridge far enough will know what I'm referencing. Um it's really niche, but <clears throat> when Perfect Cell is making fun of Trunks' very muscular form, and he mm. does a Trunks impression, that's what Andy Samberg sounded like mm. as Ben Riley. Hi, I'm Trunks, <laughs> and like he's being, but it's very appropriate. Like it's being this very emo, yeah. edgy sound. That's what Cell's making fun of. That's what it feels like Andy Samberg is reaching into as well. I, uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I don't mind it. I really like. So one of the so this <laughs> is two things that I want to write this down. Um, I really like how the. Um, peter parker face has been put on different characters but each time it looks different and distinctly different like you can tell it's not the same peter parker right um it's definitely a line especially an interesting line that you walk but i think they walk it really well yeah Yeah. Uh, because when we see ben riley he's that's the peter parker face model and rightfully it should be but it looks distinctly different enough where we're like oh right that's not peter parker that's ben riley right Um, yeah yeah, you know i but that kind of goes back to like that's how good they are at differentiating the different universes that we see <laughs> and all the characters from the different universes that we see. Cause we see Bagman and he's 2d. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool, but also Andy Sandberg's voice. I, this could just be a me thing, but one of the things I really like is that Chris Pine. Uh, oh shit. Who plays Peter B. Parker? Jake, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Um, uh, Andy Sandberg. They, all kind and Jack Quaid, they all kind of have the same cadence as Peter Parker. They're not the same voice, obviously, and you can tell that they're different voices, but they speak in the same kind of way. Um, that kind of like white raspy voice. It's really weird to. This is a really weird thing to compliment and 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 kind of notice. But I do, but I do kind of feel like that's that's the case when they cast their Peter Parkers. So I really like that that you can tell that vocally they're also the same while not also being the same. Yeah, it's similar, but similar, but different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I think this movie's good. Um, anyway, on the point of all those, because because we just went through so many of them, I never felt like anybody was was played up for comedy in a way where it was taking away from the larger film or given bits or gags or any of that kind of, like everything felt appropriately given the space that it should have. Yeah. I, like, in, and I think for a movie juggling so much and for a movie that that is running as long as it is and filling up with so many things that in itself is so impressive i was really surprised at how long it took us to get to the spider society yeah or whatever they're called in the movie um yeah it's it's a long time like we already talked about it's a long time until we get the title card but it's just to reinforce while that might have been a lot of the marketing that's not what the movie's about this movie's not about a bunch of spider cameos this movie is about gwen and miles yeah Um, And both of their kind of journeys to, you know, Gwen even says in the beginning of the movie when she's talking to Miles, you know, Gwen Stacy's and and Spider-Man's, she doesn't say Peter Parker, she says Spider-Man's, don't end well. Um, You know, kind of reserved to her fate uh, and within the canon, but she's a different She's different Gwen Stacy than than the Gwen Stacy the other spiders know. Miles is different than the other Spider-Man's. Is that kind of like idea that like we need to escape that, because why is it this way? We don't have to follow our predestined destinies, right? It is. Uh, I really it is like. A, it. It's cool. 
Yeah, it, like the central. First of all, like the spot is a great fun villain. Like he is our he is he is the villain of the next movie, like in the grander scheme. But like he he kind of relocates to like the first half of the movie, <clears> and then Miguel's kind of the, the villain of the next of the the second half. But like the whole the whole premise of this movie being that like we as a spider society have to keep all the Ben Parker's dead and we have to make sure all these people die. We have to stick to the canon because that's all we know. We can't break tradition because we don't know what happens because we think we'll break reality. But it's just like a vicious cycle that they won't even try because like, because it, it, it did not work for Miguel. That does not mean it will not work for everyone else, right? And he's using what happened in Spider-Man India's world. Um, what happened that kind of like, the, that universe is starting to unravel itself and Miguel believes it's because their they, captain didn't die. Yeah, they thwarted a canon event. Well, yeah. and also like really important context that he like totally skips over, right? He says canon event being undone is what ruins the universe and gets it destroyed. That's not what he did. He didn't undo it. He took someone else's place. That is a different thing, my guy. Yeah. Uh, you didn't make it so that, that Miguel O'Hara there didn't die. You took his place, a person from another universe. Miguel's the bad guy here. So, so like, easily. Yeah. But the other thing I like about, to your point of what you're saying, like of this the, the Spider-Man mythos idea uh, that they're, you know, all getting behind of like some, at a certain point, you have to accept an amount of loss uh, to be Spider-Man and that they're all kind of going with this mission. What I like about it is that like, it makes sense. You can make an argument for every single one of these characters, how they could have wound up there, especially with so many of them already committed to the idea. Yes. But like it, it, that kind of guilt and that sense of how Peter Parker and then Peter Parker variants and then extrapolate further and further until you get down to Miles, right? Before you get to Miles, that all of them kind of take this interpretation of the, with great power comes great responsibility. And they, they take that sometimes to put the entire world on them and that becomes absolute responsibility which those two things are not the same yes like being responsible with your power also means being responsible to the people you care about and like that is a balance that peter is not good at that's part of who the character is so what i like about it is that it's driving from that point with all these characters to do something that's so generationally true right now and have all of these spider people say well we all had to lose something, so you have to lose something too, Miles. Absolutely. We couldn't have it good, so you can't have it good either. It, and that, even though those characters, a lot of these characters that are not Miguel, right? That's not the way they mean to say it, yeah. but it is what they're saying. Absolutely. And having Miles be like, that's not how it's going to work. Bro, look, and look how happy, Spider-Man India is the dopest dude, right? Uh, <laughs> that dude, he's the he's like the only Spider-Man who's not depressed. He has a great life. Uh, he wakes up and he doesn't work out because he want he doesn't want to get too big. Like that dude lives a perfect life, and he gets to keep the captain. Hell no, Miguel would never allow it. That guy, the captain's gotta die. Everyone's gotta live my sad life because that's how reality has to be, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody. Oh, it's so good. I love it. They have to figure out what's causing that hole because if Miguel's right, then yeah, Miles would have to. But also, Miles is. What they changed in the in the story is so. What's so interesting is how they changed Miles' backstory a little bit, to be that he was never supposed to be Spider Man, and it's because he was bit that Pete, that his Peter Parker died. Well, um, what I love about it is that like they didn't change his backstory; they just expanded on it, right? Because yeah. the Spider always came from another dimension, and we knew that. Mm -hmm. We knew that in the first one that it didn't come it was, it was glitching, from his home dimension because it glitched. Yeah. And I think that was so smart to take that as a tool and a cue to say. Well, the problem that they have 
is that he wasn't supposed to be bit by that spider. And that was such a smart like way to reverse around on all of this and make Miles the anomaly. And real quick yeah. to your point about the hole in, in India um, for Spider-Man India, uh, Miguel gets to conveniently say that that like fits his narrative, right? But we know that that hole it started because the, the, spot. the spot created a hole with the collider yeah. and then it made the building fall and the, spot, the, the hole fell with the building. Yeah. So that collider hole was in the building and went down. It's not because of what Miles did. Not not in the saving sense, right? Like yeah. that's not what's ruining ruining that world right now. Um, so I do think like there's there's room to like play with like Miguel has created a narrative that he believes is true out yeah. of his experience that is not necessarily accurate. Yeah. While we're while we're in India uh, in Manhattan, uh, which is beautiful, it, this is my favorite section of the movie. Specifically, once the spider team's in action and they have to stop uh, that giant building from collapsing on that bridge. That is one of the most spectacular. I didn't mean to use Spider Man but i did do it it is it is a spec one of the most spectacular action scenes i've ever seen of all them working together going through buildings saving people so much destruction happening i'm like jesus man this is a superhero movie uh something is something I, about it oh sorry ben just real fast it's I'll something just, i love about it throughout all the time is when they're going to all these other worlds all the spider characters like even if they're not agreeing with each other or or something's not right in the team composition the moment innocents are in danger they're all they're all it. they're all on it it's all part of who they are. Yep. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. No, I'll, I was going to say to Ryan, I was like, I'll use Spider-Man verbiage. verbiage. It's amazing. <laughs> it's all this. This whole movie is amazing. It's spectacular. It's superior. I'll do, it's I'll do it all day. It's, <laughs> it's friendly neighborhood. Damn it. I fucked it. It's, no, it's true. <laughs> no, it is. It's true. Um, but one of the things I wanted to, are, are we stunned on this point? Or are we moving on? Or are we want to stick with this point? Go go across the spider. Go where, go where, where you want to go. No, because no, because one of the things I really wanted to talk about this movie is how well the um the background artists and just I mean artists in general make every single universe different. How you know you were in different universe, be it the color palette, the way the buildings are drawn, the backgrounds are drawn, the characters are drawn. Um, Mag mentioned earlier about how um where did it go? Oh yeah, this one where he said top anime movie of the year for me. Certain spider characters are animated different in different ways. Um, Spider Punk. When he the the entire time Spider Punk is on screen, he is one hundred percent. He is in it. He's he's punk. He's different every single time. His art style is different. He's like um, those cut out things you put you cut out of a newspaper and slap it on something else. It's amazing how man. He never I got fits. a I got a fun little fact for you. Spider Punk's art style is is cons constantly changing because he doesn't believe in consistency. There you go. And I noticed um, that. I noticed that because when he shows up at this at in the way of a York, I was like, you're animated differently. No, mm -hmm. like he is constantly changing colors mid mid talking too. He is always changing. It is, yeah. it is I love it. It's, it's insane. It is great. And even well, uh, I noticed this uh when Gwen Stacy was forced back to her own world and she confronts her dad, how the background of it's a lot of uh a lot of brush strokes. It's not there's not a lot of detail in it. But because there's not a lot of detail, your focus is on Gwen Stacy and essentially burying her soul to her dad yes. and how nothing else in the world matters. It's just Gwen and her father. Dude, Ben, and that is so astute. That is so astute. Uh, like, because it starts it starts in the regular room. And then as Gwen keeps talking, it, the room around them melts. 
It's like mm-hmm. literally like the paint starts fading away as you focus on the characters. That, it is some artistic genius, dude. That and the color changes with the emotions of characters Mood in ring. Gwen's world. I'll say this is true throughout mm-hmm. that like what what is the emotionality of whatever character is focusing yeah. on? It can be Gwen, but it can also be her dad. Um, it changes the color of what's happening in the room. Yeah. I mean, besides that, there was another point I wanted to mention earlier. Real quickly, I talk- before you get off of that, I just want to say on Sparks' thing, because I know you're you're moving on, that um, it's a really great way to interpret that art style from that comic, because putting an emotion, kind of the painterly, that painterly melting that happens in that discussion, excellent, excellent, excellent. I cannot praise it enough. Yeah, and um, there was a, earlier when we were talking about, there was something Brand said about how long it takes us to get to the Spire Society, because we all knew the Spire Society was going to be in the movie. It was in the trailer. It was a big part of the trailer. And I just love how that's not the focal point of the film. I mean, yes, this film is called Across the Spider-Verse. You do go across different Spider-Verses, but that's not the point. The point is Miles. The point is Gwen. And I love how uh, even the beginning of the movie, when we see the different Spider-People, how co- it is cool seeing all these different Spider-People, but at the same time, I'm invested in Miles' story. I'm invested in him trying to balance being Spider-Man and talking and and living up to his parents' expectations. I'll be honest, I did a lot of Leo DiCaprio pointing. <laughs> I think everyone did. Like uh, we, oh, that's, oh, that. Yeah, yeah, but when we do finally get to the Spire Society, it's like this grand payoff, but at the same time, it's not just, just like, the to me, the writing of this movie is genius. The writing is genius because while it brings in that grand multiversal stuff, and it brings in that grand, like, let's bring in as many spider people as audiences just as general audiences may or may not know it doesn't take away from the fact that this is a story about miles trying to stop the spot from essentially killing his dad and miguel saying no this is can't can an event it has to happen so is is the sinister six movie ending with miguel o'hara taking adrian tombs back to the mcu because that's hey, what man, he's doing I, in this movie i absolutely love that they they just by sheer like fun of having Shakespearean old school uh, uh, vulture, they made sense of that Morbius thing happening. Or why would a vulture show up because of Into the Spider Verse? And I'm just like, you didn't have to do this, but you did, and I mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I love that when they're running through all the various villains that don't belong in their universes. There's an actual rhino. It's like there's a real <laughs> rhino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we knew we knew the line was there, but I do appreciate the like. Don't get me started on Doctor Strange, that nerd from Earth One Nine Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Super, super fun. Really glad it's there. Um, they really do such a great job with with blending all of this multiverse stuff, but keeping the heart of Gwen and Miles and the story that's happening to the two of them at the center of it. They're they're so, so good at it. They're so good at not losing focus yeah. on what the movie's supposed to be about. And I think like we are just so used to films aiming for the sky with these kinds of Easter eggs and cameo appearances. And usually when they do, they start even it can still be a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie when they do this, but like we've often had a conversation where we're like, yeah, they reach for the sun and they got it. Doesn't a feel like here. like like natural. Yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 stretch themselves a little too far for the Easter egg and and that kind of thing. And this is just one where that I just don't feel it ever. I never once felt yeah. like this was inappropriate. They shouldn't have done this here. This was a little too much of this. Blah 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 blah. Um, like we can talk about like the the length of scenes and the pacing of things, but the the way that they entrenched the use of the multiverse and the different characters never felt like it was out of purpose. Yeah, uh, and that's just so impressive on its own. To Ben's point about what he's talking about, like the environments and everything, 
what a great playground for these animators to be able to test out new things like you, this, you know, taking the, the lessons from Spider-Verse, uh, the first one, and going beyond that even further to uh, expand on what is possible in animation. What is possible now that we're willing to bust open those doors and really set things on on fire and say like do it new do it different do it do it wild do it better um also these animators have such mastery of spider people in motion yeah uh they are so crisp and clear so many different types so many different types the fact that all these characters move differently uh we got our spider-man india privateer uh, who like the way he moves oh, with the bangles like with the bangles oh, mm-hmm. it's a totally different movement movement style the way he like kicks up his legs compared to Hobie compared to Miguel has laser whips <laughs> compared to Miguel compared to Miles compared to Gwen compared to some of our extras like that we see in, in the side like it's so cool that they think about the movement details down to how does this character move jess how jess moves because she's pregnant because they factor that into who she is really smart really great while we're talking about jess this is not a negative but i thought she was going to be in the movie considerably more i needed more of her because she was cool i don't think they i don't think she's in the movie enough isa isa ray is great i think that like i think she's underutilized i think you functionally have to keep her at arm's length because because of what's going on between her and gwen yeah and again like that feels like something where just from like the visuals we're given at the end of the movie, you know that there's more to develop. Oh there. yeah, yeah, it'll um, definitely be more in the and, second movie, and, so. it, and it does feel like she kind of has to remain like staunchly the the person who stands next to Miguel and says the like Nah, he's right for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like her moments where she bonds with with Gwen. Yeah, um, I think she's gonna turn coat by in the next movie for sure. I think I think the whole thing is gonna turn on Miguel. Like all this is the thing is like all these spider people like they're they're bought into the idea right now. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is so smart is like I don't think that they. They don't mean to say that Miles has to go through this because they went through this. Yeah. But like, that's the mentality they're bringing to it. They're like, yes, this grief is part of being a spider person. And thus, it must exist. And Miles is is rightfully standing there and saying, absolutely not. Like, if I know I can save my dad, it is my responsibility and my pleasure to be able to go and save my it's, father. It, it just, honestly, this movie has a lot in relation with Loki, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Loki is a is an abnormal variant who shouldn't exist. And that whole show is about correcting the timelines and whatnot. So like... I really like that we are able to explore that in different capacities. And like, this is a, I love Loki, but like, this is such a, like, this is such an emotional movie while still being about a thousand different Spider-Men. Like it is the sheer willpower of like these creatives are like, you can do something like this. And uh, it, can do like this. But you know, it's not about what's so brilliant about it. What you just said, which clicked in me. It's not about a thousand Spider-Men. It's about yeah. Spider-Men. It's about just the concept of being Spider-Man. And in that case, it becomes very singular. So they don't have the balance of a thousand different characters because it is just about the very, like, one of the things that, that's in Into the Spider-Verse that I, that I, 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 while watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to go in more into this in Across the Spider-Verse, which is that it, it's very lonely being Spider-Man. At least it used to be before everyone was 616, but it's very lonely being Spider-Man. All these spiders that we meet in the Spider-Verse, they're lonely. They're the only Spider-Man. They're the they only, only have each other. They only have each other and across and across the universe takes that and runs with it. Being Spider-Man is a lonely existence, but they're making you, they're saying you have to be lonely. That is your destiny as Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's the thing, right? Is that my, that's where miles is, right? We pick up with miles and miles has no friends. It's been a year and four months and he has no real friends. He's kind of friends with Genki, but like he, that's, that's real, like face, like, 
The Genki does not want to be the guy in the chair. This is not the same Genki as the other Genkis we've seen. It's really surface level stuff. And um, I think you mean Ned. Um, oh, but... no. Ned. Yeah, yeah. Same Sorry. character. Yeah. Same character. They, they, they reference it in a line. They know what's up. Yeah. Um, but Miles has, uh, he's gone like that, that path that like, it, it's, it's a good story beat where he's allowed himself to become very much more Spider-Man than he is Miles at this point. Like, especially in his personal life, like he's all about being Spider-Man. He's not really about like, while he is thinking about his future, he's thinking about his future in a very like personal and selfish and Spider-Man related way of like, what's he talking about? He wants to go to Princeton because they're studying dimensional stuff. He wants to find a way to be his friends again. Yeah. He's not thinking about like living the life he's living in his world anymore. And he's not thinking about being miles in that world anymore. And that's like where the story with the parents is so grounding and so strong and so good. And so thematically, it's the whole point of like, that's what his parents are saying to him. That's what this whole universe is saying to him is like, hey, you got to be lonely. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I wanted. That's not the way I wanted any of this to be ever. Um, and it's so, so good because it is all of these spider people are eventually going to go. Oh, no, it doesn't. And Ryan put it very succinctly when we came out of the movie that like you look at the comics right now and they're so constantly like dragging Peter Parker back to the same baseline of Peter Parker has to suffer. Peter Peter Parker has to lose. Can't have Mary Jane. Can't be happy. Can't all these things because it's his responsibility to use his powers. And that always has to come at the sacrifice of things that are personal. And this is very much flying in the face of that and saying, like, you are interpreting that phrase wrong. And you have been being spider people around that phrase wrong and that's what miles is saying miles is saying i'm different we all should be different yeah and there has been there has been some interesting conversations online about how like we just had no way home come out right and we all like that movie and that movie is very much a hey you have to be peter parker and suffer to be spider-man type of thing and i think both can exist Mm -hmm. i think you can be peter parker and have gone through that and then the next generation going i don't have to go through that i'm not the same as you i think both can exist and i think because i had a friend of mine I had a friend like say like, oh, I really hate No Way Home for doing what with May and all that stuff. And I'm like, I respect that. I don't, I disagree. I think two things can exist at once. And I think Into the Spider-Verse like, or Across the Spider-Verse like really helps, helps to find that. And like, that is a true thing that did happen, but it doesn't have to happen for everyone that way. It doesn't have to. Right. You know, it's kind of like uh, everything everywhere all at once, right? Like just because I have this trauma doesn't mean I should pass it on. And that's what Miles is saying. Like, yeah, you guys went through this. Maybe it's Peter Parker's destiny to go through this, but why is it Miles Morales's? Absolutely. Importantly, something that I think is so smart, and I wouldn't be shocked if it comes back around in a, a, a textual, very clear way in the next film, is that Miguel is making this argument like you're not supposed to exist. Spider wasn't supposed to bite you, all these things, right? Yep. What else does he do, though? He shows all these important moments in Spider-Man lives. One of those moments is Miles holding Aaron's hand when he dies into the Spider-Verse because the universe readjusted yep. to the fact that Miles is now Spider-Man. Yes. So he has that important moment. He is part of the web. This you is, can't say he's not Spider-Man now. Yeah. He had the moment. This is yeah. This is also why it's so good that again, this is a sequel to an incredible movie where the whole message was anybody can be Spider-Man. Right. This is this is the last Jedi situation of literally like it doesn't matter who you're related to. Like you're not even Peter Parker. Like the spider wasn't meant for you you can still be good enough to be Spider-Man. Like, that is so important. And he's trying to, Miguel's also trying to add, when he, because you're right, like, he lost his uncle. That's one of the, one of the canon events, you lose your uncle, and then you lose the captain. Um, And so, like, one of the things that was so interesting about Miles being included there is that Miguel already played his hand, right? Like, he, he already showed Miles that he is part of the web, but 
he then he said, but then later he's trying to get into Miles's head by telling him the spider wasn't supposed to bite you. Your Peter died because you were bitten. He is trying right. to give Miles that burden to live with because he believes that is the only way to win. Right. Because all Miguel knows is suffering, unfortunately. Right. And yeah. he and he aligns that like that this is not the way the thing is supposed to is supposed to be, but he doesn't actually like <laughs> It doesn't matter, but like in wider universe rules, right? Like Miguel doesn't know exactly how things are supposed to work. That spider from Earth 42 might have been meant to bite this Miles. That can be how things are meant to be so that there is a world where there is no Spider-Man. Like that can be the through line. And so I, I think it's very smart that it's like showing you there are holes in what Miguel's doing. So like, it's not just, it's not just driven from a fact that like, we love, we love Miles and we love Miles' dad. And that's why Miles is right. Yeah. There's clear factual reasons of why like Miles should be standing against this and yeah. why the spider people are probably going to come around on it as well. And dude, like when, when Miles is chasing, or when, when Miguel is chasing Miles and, and this is a 15 year old kid, right? This is a 15 year old teenager. Miguel is slamming this kid's head into that train. Oh yeah. And he's I, whispering the meanest, like you are nothing. You do not deserve to. I'm just like, dude, you are, this is so personal right I now. I really love at the beginning of the movie when we're in Gwen's world and he's a uh, Gotham Vulture and he's about to bite him. And then he puts his oh, back on the helicopters. The like, vampire hey, stuff, yeah. Hey, you gotta get back down to the ground and calm down. And he's like, I'm a good guy. And it's like, you don't look like one. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it around for, for, for the end. But y'all, it's very interesting that we have vampires shit that they never address in this movie it is very someone incredibly does, interesting. someone does call him vampiric at one point yeah. like when when tells miles he's yeah. like a vampire yeah and he, uh, that's see not doing, we see him doing the injection yeah that's I, as far as i'm concerned that's not a normal uh miguel o'hara thing no. uh that's that's yeah, yeah that'll yeah. be fun spicy stuff in the next movie mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we haven't talked about the spot very much i love, um, I love jason schwartzman I really love how they animate the spot. I really love his, I really love his banter with Miles. I think it's some of the most fun in the movie. Nice. Um, and when he's like, when he's like, so what is this? A suit or skin? It's like, unfortunately for both of us, it's skin. This is my skin. Yeah. Um, and I really, I think a lot of that is really funny. And I, but I, I adore that his origin story is my favorite joke from the first movie and CBM history, which is he took a bagel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who got hit by the bagel. Man. He, got, yeah. he got hit by the bagel, uh, and and he was like apparently deeply involved in the collider and everything. Uh, that's all cool. What I love about it is that they do such a good job of like putting you on Miles' level of like this guy ramping this up guy how a, bad he this becomes. guy is a joke, yeah. and then like how serious Sinister. it gets and how how quickly. Yeah, not, man, once, not only that, not only that, I just love the design of the spot. And also how they draw him because you could still see the outline lines of him because he's not like completely animated. It's not just the spots. I mean like the, the blue sketch lines okay, yeah. of like this of the skeleton yeah. of like when um artists like they try to make, build they build like a character's physique. You still see those lines, but also the skeleton. Yeah, the skeleton. But also what I love is like later on in the movie, like when this like obviously the spot is an antagonistic force. I would argue that Miguel is the real antagonist because between act two and three he's like actively trying to screw over miles but what also i love is how the spot goes from someone who is a joke who was who was like yeah of course this guy is nothing i mean yeah he has interesting power but he can't even control it to absolutely freaking terrifying like mm -hmm. when he there is just something about just simple line art with characters there's no discerning features it's simple it looks like a bunch of scribbles that just is so unsettling to me, especially yeah. when it's applied to a villain who oh can warp and destroy reality. I just realized who the what the design of the spot reminded me of. Sparks. 
the anti-spiral. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much that kind of similar line work, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's um, not from... dissimilar. I think, uh, I think what's been more interesting is a lot of people pointing out, and I think rightly so, that um, when he takes on the full, like, mostly black look mm-hmm. that he has near the end of the film, Super spot. he looks very uh, emblematic of Miles' graffiti from the first film. Um, where he put his silhouette in the middle of uh, no expectations, mm. and uh, and that being like a visual connection between the two, I, I think that there is something to that. But you're right, like uh, there is a an anti spiral. Null has recently been on my mind, so like some kind of Null's reference that, with the spiral stuff as well. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I don't think they're doing anything with that um, to to do, do with Null at all. Um, but using spiral uh, art is always kind of cool. Um, it's always kind of indicative of like. Um, something kind of getting out of control. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I really, really like it. Um, What I think is so wonderful about Jason Schwartzman is he's so good at playing the comedic side of the spot and playing the sinister side and like, Mm -hmm. and how that uh, evolves over the course of the film. I really love when we get one of some of my favorite stuff with him is when we're in India, because you get this section of him um, getting chewed out for being like, don't eat, pray, love me, man. And he's like, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Chai tea. No. <laughs> oh, You're saying TP and, and him being like that, but at the same time, like he's so focused on Miles, and it's like they're they're like, which Spider-Man do you mean? And he's like, yeah, him, and uh, you know, takes Miles uh, down and is is giving him a lot of good hits. Uh, I think that's really really solid. Um, this this very personal dynamic between them. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I'm I'm very uh, like you know the way they've set the spot up, this is kind of like our comic too with, uh, you know, like some of the most valuable things that no way home does it uh, of Spider-Man is like seeing something inside the villains and, and recognizing it and recognizing how to like reach them and connect to them. And like, yeah. they've got good setup with the spot for miles to do that for him to like, all, what he really wants is for miles to just take him seriously. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. what he did and take responsibility for it. Right. Yeah. Because that's kind of what miles is just rolling off his shoulder. I, you go yeah, break, you go break, you go break, you go to break. He's, this is going to sound really weird, but because because the spot is a much is a, is a much more interesting villain at this point in this movie. But like he kind of feels a little bit like Gwen's Bodega Bandit, who was this character that would rob bodegas. And all he wanted was Gwen to take him seriously as a supervillain. Right. He's the um, shocker. He's the shocker. Um, I, so like, I really like that idea. That yeah, we, I do, too. That we that we that that is the kind of motivation for this villain. Like, I just acknowledge me. Yeah. Well, and I, I I what I liked even more than it was this idea of like their their lives being so deeply intertwined because it wasn't just the the collider thing that the collider is what created him. He also is the one who brought the spider there. Yeah. And I think that was really smart. Too. I created you. You um, created me. I'm the one who brought the spider out. You got you you are who you are because of me, and I am who I am because of you. And like in a way where like neither one was intentional yeah you know um but not nevertheless they are intertwined in that way it, it was really cool and organic way to do it i think the the the, the way they came back around on the, like the earth 42 and the spider and all that stuff was really really smart just really sharp at seeing the opportunity you had that was left there from the first film and saying yes and to it rather than like totally pulling out new directions and that kind of thing like this all feels like it was so absolutely baked in the entire time mm-hmm. yeah whether it was or wasn't, like it doesn't matter. It's it feels like it was always there. You brought up Earth Forty Two, and I want to say we can talk about the animation uh, being so so good, and it is. One of the things that I really love about the animation is that in Earth in Earth Forty Two, the animation is different, but it's yes. hiding that it's different. 
up until the reveal. And I, because like, if you're not really paying attention, it does look like Miles's Miles's universe because it's shrouded in the darkness. The colors gave it away for me. I, I hear you. I feel like maybe if we weren't cutting between. Mc, I'm Miguel. not saying real quickly. I'm not saying that I was fooled by it. I was just saying that I really like it as a visual style because you, it, there is a tell that it, that is the outside colors are very different. Uh, Miles's street in 1610 is is lit up with this nice orange light whereas 42 is not uh i didn't mean to suggest that i thought you were fooled by it um i just i i was just saying that i think it the the way that it is so clear i think like i don't think the movie's trying to trick you or hide it i would argue um because i think it is very clear because it's cutting between miguel o'hara and the others being in miles world and then cutting to miles there and it's like well that's very clearly not the same place that is not the same city um and like i i think i wish they hadn't drawn out the reveal that he's in the wrong world for quite as long yeah personally yeah yeah. i think if there is a beat that doesn't totally work for me it was the him confessing to his mom because i knew from the jump that it like long before that it wasn't his mom. Like I knew from the moment that, that he gets scanned yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that it's not going to be his mom. Yeah, and because I, that, it tells you. And I, and I think that scene is maybe goes a little long for the emotional, like confession that's supposed to be for him before he realizes he's, I, I would have had him glitch partway through yeah, yeah. or something so that he knows very quickly that he's in the wrong place. Yeah. Something else like looking around the room for him or something, because I don't think the audience is supposed to be fooled or if they were, then I wouldn't have shown Earth 42 when he got scanned. If you hide that number, then I think the visual cues, everything after that, leaves the audience to figure it out when they want to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think anyone is supposed to be fooled, except for Miles. That's the point I was trying to make that I wanted to just kind of like squash right now and be, make very clear. It's for Miles, because Miles, the animation isn't, the animation style of the world is different from 1610, but it's being hidden from Miles and therefore slightly from us. We already know it's the wrong world. We see it scanned to 42. It's different color palette. We know it's, we know it is. The audience is not supposed to be fooled here, but Miles is. And I find that to be such a smart choice that the movie, at least for the most part, won us in Miles's head, which is why it does that. I just, I just think it's interesting. No, I agree with you. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm trying to say is that the confession to the mom goes too long because of that. Because I don't think the audience is supposed to be tricked. That is too long of a scene. I was about to add that I do agree with that. That's part of the pacing issues that I had. Yeah. Um, I was I was not saying that that was the point you were making. I was just making clear my point because I'd, I felt I hadn't. Um, okay. So let's move uh, on. Uh, what I really like about that section is when Miles is swinging to what he thinks is his home. Um, and he's, what's going through his mind is happening in the environment. Music video style, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the train falling away, there are, there are tentacles from Liv coming after him. Oh, so good. All this kind of stuff. Very, very good. Very much like, you know, accentuating uh, Miles' headspace. Also a crafty way to kind of hide what's maybe going on with the world. Again, if you wanted to trick the audience, which I don't think that was the goal. But like, it, it makes it more visually dynamic what we're getting expressed from uh uh from miles perspective it was nice seeing those tubes because like i miss live <laughs> i hope she shows up in the next one <laughs> superior for sure superior live that's so interesting um the first film i always i always forget that the first film introduces a dr octopus for gwen stacy that was never adapted into the comics right yeah you just get the metal arm at one point yeah Is it, yeah gwen stacy never had an octopus we haven't talked about peter b parker no love him i was surprised love. that he comes in so late Good, yeah. good for him. Good for it. But I was surprised. 
I just I also wanted more of him. Not that it's bad. It's like, oh man, he's definitely gonna be more in the next uh, movie. But yeah, I well, yeah. More. Also, uh, Mayday is a treasure. Oh my god, I absolutely adore her. I will take a bullet for that child. Uh, interesting, um, different Mary Jane voice actor back in his world. Not Zoe Kravitz back oh. this time as Mary Jane. Different mm-hmm. actor. Okay. Um, uh, but I I wanted to make Quentin note of that. What I want to say. Peter B. Parker really like the amount. Uh, frankly, I think he's in the movie the right amount for this movie. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. He's he's in it and important for the amount that he's supposed to be. Um, I really really love his beat when he's coming after Miles. He's like, I have her because of you. Yeah, I have her because I wanted her to be like you, Miles, because I think you're awesome. Yeah, um, and like all I like being of, around you. Yeah, yeah, so good. I think that that it really works as this evolution of the character we met in into the. And it makes the betrayal hurt so bad that him and mm-hmm. both betrayed him. That they they didn't. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I also want to say to that is, um, I'm glad they didn't try to push again. This is them really knowing like, what's the story about that. They didn't try to push, uh, noir or Peter Porker into this movie. They appear at the very end, which makes sense. Like, you know, Gwen's getting the people who care about miles back and, and people have rightly pointed out that like, who knows where Peter Parker necessarily would have landed, but Noir 100% would have been my on Miles' side. Um, not agreed with this whole establishment of suffering thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Penny has a, has a seminal part in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, she's in a new mech, which looks really cool, but she, she says, uh, some, she, she has this kind of like the last gut punch to miles in that big kind of like confrontation scene. Yeah. That she's, that she's part of it as well. And I think that was the right amount to leave her in it too. Again, knowing we are getting more of those characters in the next one. Yeah. yeah. But I think they were very, very good at selecting like who needs to be here for how long that is relevant to the story we're telling in this movie. Um, yeah. And I think they were very, very smart about how they chose where the Into the Spider-Verse characters returned. Yeah, it's it's really cool that we're getting the team back together. But also now we have like Team Miguel, who is Jess and Ben Riley. Well, and we have like and we have like the the new the new members like Hobie and um, yeah, uh, uh, Privateer. Priva- Priva- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's, oh God, I who's like on Miles' side because yeah. Miles is responsible for saving. Yeah. The, the captain in his world so yeah. like this this oh god i love hobie what i love about hobie is that hobie as spider punk and played by daniel kalua who's doing an incredible job um uh he is supposed to be like full-blown punk anti-establishment it's just as you were saying like in the comic it's kind of watered down these are a bunch of people who are putting like black black lives matter stickers on miles backpack and everything he's gonna be the socialist that he like anarchist that he is where he's gonna say uh, like the system yeah. is terrible and the system's always terrible and don't trust it and so i'm so glad that hobie from like beat one once like he's connecting with miles and like he tells him like you gotta use the palms and that he gives oh, communication was... on that that he's like yeah don't trust this yeah 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 don't trust this man. i i love his line he's got this line don't enlist until you know what war you're fighting. Yes. Yeah. As he's like, I quit. Bye. And it's a great, mm-hmm. and it's honestly such a good setup because Hobie's set up as like this guy in Miles' mind, and as the audience perspective of like being with Miles, this competition guy for like a love triangle with Gwen. And that's what like Miles is anticipating with this guy. And Hobie's just like, dude, I'm telling you, you don't want in. Like, <laughs> I-, I know what they think of you, and you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so be ready to also bounce. how do you get cooler when you take your mask off yeah i love <laughs> i love the line and again his art also exceptional i love the line where miguel's like and you i don't even know what to do with you don't, i'm not <laughs> yeah. even here above yeah <laughs> um i love it when he says i don't have a scooby-doo which is like cockney slang for i don't have a clue yeah. oh i love how it translates his cockney yeah. yeah um and then of course like when mayday is like oh she took a grab he's holding mayday and goes take a crap and stash stash like respect yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And and, she's doing shit. He's like little anarchist. <laughs> like, yeah. And he, Hobie is just one of the 
best additions to Spider. Yes. I knew we were getting Spider Punk, but just the fact, even when he's like doing his own little backstory, he's like, "I'm not going to reveal it to you my secret identity." And then he takes the mask off. I just love how Miles is like, "How are you even cooler?" He's like, <laughs> "I, I really love how they incorporate him into the story and what it means for Miles' inclusion to go off of what Sparks was saying of every every spider in this movie is very thoughtfully picked uh, for the role that it plays in Miles and, but." It it got me, man. I got me so hyped at the end when I knew it was ending. When we see the when we see all the Gwen's team now, and yes. there was Noir and there was Porker, and I'm like, baby, we're getting the team back together. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hype. It's a good hype moment. It's a, it's a really good team. Because uh, who's the other the the Avatar girl is also there. I forget her. Oh, spider oh, bite. Spider Bite. Yeah, spider Bite. She's the uh, she's the the yeah the, right, and she's she's also the computer jump, jumping in on the team, and I'm really and happy about that. Yeah, Penny Penny is there with them, and like yeah. it's 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 such a it's such a it's such a cool moment because like Nicolas Cage said like oh no I'm not in Across the Spider Verse I didn't return as Noir and like baby I'm so excited to hear you back for Beyond. Yeah, I I was worried like I like I didn't know if he would be in the next one or not, but like him not being in this one I wasn't totally bummed out, but like. He is in that next one for sure now. And I'm like, oh, they knew what they were doing. They had to save the best for last, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So excited. Like, I cannot wait to see that that it's kind of that, that kind of fight. And and the the final nugget of this movie in Earth 42, Little Prowler. Little Prowler. Oh little my Prowler. god. I, I I I love it. I love his design. Miles looks like a little uh, little jerk. That was the, the only time. That was the one of the one of the few times. That's kind of where I can pinpoint like where we're maybe dragging this all along because like the audience knows this is miles. There's no one in the audience who doesn't know that, but this little prowler is miles. Yeah. But they, they, they do take their sweet time revealing it. That's why I feel again, like the last 20 minutes, like I like everything that happens, but I just feel like they kind of extend everything out just a little bit. I'm like, this, I don't know how you cut it. but yeah. Just, yeah. I also think, I also think that like, once you are done doing the, like miles and Gwen are in the different, in the same room in different worlds. Yes. Uh, then you only focus on Miles, and then you only focus on Gwen. Yeah, yeah. And so you leave Miles hanging on the the bag, and you leave Gwen gathering the team, and you stop cutting between the two. And I think yeah, yeah. that made it feel longer because we we kept like jumping back and forth after that beat. And I think it should have just been here's this beat, here's this beat, done. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is that maybe just a slight misstep in in the the way they built the tension because like we, we jump back and forth because of miles getting knocked out and things like that. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out that uh, we have a new voice actor for miles. That is Jarrell Jerome, not uh should more. Oh, it wasn't voicing. Him. No, I just assumed oh, it was him. Uh, he is voicing miles G Morales. The Prowler, that's awesome. Uh, for earth 42. That's cool. Uh, when Aaron walked in, like I, I, I like I, I saw it coming, but like it's still an awesome reveal, dude. Like it oh, is yeah. so sick. And like Uncle, I missed you. And like he hands money to his mom, like we're still family. And I'm like, oh Jeff, oh no, yeah, Jeff, yeah. no. <laughs> right. You know, it's 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 so messed up that Miguel talks about uh like losing captains as like a thing that's supposed to happen when like Gwen's Gwen's uh Uncle Ben moment is um is losing Peter. And it's it's such a messed up moment to have miguel telling miles you were never supposed to be spider-man like what does that mean for gwen too obviously gwen is meant to be the spider of her universe but she's not a peter parker uh she's the only gwen stacy in the entire multiverse who became spider woman who became spider woman yeah yeah. right like such an interesting like and f you miguel and again i can't get over the fact that miguel this whole thing kind of started with him like taking the body of another dead spider-man like the, the 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 foundation is rotten, y'all. We gotta burn the whole thing to the ground. 
Um, something. Oh, I love. I think, like, sorry. Quickly, I love her new costume. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it looks cool. I love the I love the over the over the over the fingerless gloves, uh, with the with the pink spider with the pink webbing. Love it. Thought it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like all the the costume designs and and the new ones that we get in this one. Chris Anka, you're the best. You're the best in the West. Um. Hmm. Mm. Nope, it's gone. Gone. Oh, I'm but... sorry. I feel bad now. No, it happens. It'll come back. It happens to them all. It'll come back. It happens to every Peter Parker. Uh, um, oh, oh, uh, it's that uh, I think that there's like too strong a language played on the captain thing because I feel like it's just like there's supposed to be another like loss, you know, like uh, uh, of that. We, it, it gets shown through the captains, but like we know that's not always like we, you, you know, that's not always part of the story. Like you, you could argue that like the captain loss for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man isn't the captain, it's Harry, right? Like it's not going to be that same consistent, like it's the captain loss, yeah. but I, we get really married to that language and I don't. I don't think that was necessarily supposed to be the point, but I get it because like it's a cleaner way to make the connection between Captain Stacy, Captain. I'll tell you what, like, I agree that. with you, but like I think someone actually brought this up. But, like that can actually be a plot point for the next movie. Of like you're not even consistent with your own rules, right? Like you're you're mm -hmm. governing the universe in what you think is right, and you're not even consistent with right. your own self. And we pointed out that like Miguel O'Hara's whole thing is based around like things that don't add up if you really look at it. And we talk, you know. Yuri Lowenthal is back as as PS4 Spider Man, and like we see him, um, he he his losing the Captain moment right was Jefferson Davis, but Miles is losing his uncle moment is Jefferson Davis. So like even like it's not consistent throughout all the worlds. This isn't this isn't, this isn't always meant to happen in every world. We've seen uh, Miguel it already. Will make, he, Miguel will make it work so everybody does suffer just because that's what he thinks everyone should yeah. do. He is Jefferson Morales as of this film, no mm. longer Jefferson Davis. Oh, I didn't know this. They changed his name. They did that on purpose because uh, this Morales. happened in the comics too. Yes, um, and it's because Jefferson Davis is not. Uh, it's a. It's not He's a, a Confederate like uh, leader in the Civil War. Yeah, uh, and it's not a good name for a black man. Yeah, it was one one of the Bendis's um, oopsies. Uh, so that happened in comics canon. They also did it in this movie where they changed it. So he's Captain Morales. You'll see his badge says Morales now. Uh, Jefferson's. Oh, I I haven't I haven't read the original Miles Morales comics in a long time, but he was not in the picture. His dad initially, that was changed when Secret Wars happened, right? Sparks? I want to know in the Ultimate Universe. Are you talking in the Ultimate Universe? Yeah. Or Venom kills his father. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the Ultimate Universe, Venom killed his dad. I see. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, but that that's something that they changed in the comics at a certain point was that, you know, it was pointed out and they were like, okay, so um, the, in the comic story, like Jefferson says that like my dad was a terrible person. He wants and to so get I've changed. Yeah. I've changed my name uh, to his wife's because I don't, I don't want to carry. That I don't name. want my son to have it. That's why, legacy. that's why I don't want my son to have it either. And so that has changed in the Spider-Verse film now too. He's not Jefferson Davis. He is now Jefferson Morales. Um, which I thought was a very thoughtful thing where they like they they took the the lesson as well yeah. from what people were talking about that was a long time ago that they were making that movie like that was 2016 the movie was being developed so like they they heard the responses and they were like absolutely let's change also that. hey if I marry if I was married to Rio Morales that lady is like the coolest lady on the planet like I'll take her name no no problem so um I definitely want to highlight like for me um watching the trailer I think it was the first trailer for this movie and it's the one where we're getting Rhea's um, like conversation speech. and speech over the music and over some of the visuals from across the Spider-Verse. And I definitely got in that moment, the vibes of like Jefferson's dying in this movie. I and like, yes. And, and I've been afraid of that because to me, 
I really like Brian Tyree Henry's performance. I really like Jefferson Davis. It's one of my problems with the Spider-Man game before the Miles Morales game was made that Jefferson died. Yes. Um, and so I was really hoping that the Spider-Verse films wouldn't go there. Sitting in the theater today and then having it be this, that moment not be related to that at all, which really emotionally got me because like, whew, that made me cry. Um, but then uh, knowing that the movie is about Miles saying actively, my dad doesn't have to die. Um, that gives me a lot of hope and like, yeah, really wonderful. Like we can, we can have the storytelling where he's got his dad and his mom. And we don't have to do that to miles. That doesn't have to be the way this goes. And I'm really, really excited that not only are they seeming to steer away from that, but that's actively a story point of saying that shouldn't have to happen um, for the, for Spider-Man stories to work. This shouldn't have to be a thing. And Absolutely. so like, I'm really, really psyched that that's the direction we went. I, I really like all of the parent stuff, how they're trying to connect to miles. Um, we didn't touch on it a lot because we've been, there's a lot in this movie, yeah. but um, the, the bit where miles is as Spider-Man trying to connect with Jefferson in a way that he can't right now as miles, because he's I was just undoing <laughs> really great scene. Brian Tyree Henry, um, is killing it. I love that Rhea gets so much more uh, as his mom in this. I think she's excellent. I love, again, like, just like the first movie, like, there's so much the Spanish being spoken, and, like, yes. they don't feel the need to put subtitles on for us, for us whiteies, and I just, like, that's fine. Like, I think that's awesome. Can't wait for the subtitles to say, speaking native language. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so I'm so excited. Oh, man. I oh don't... to that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that they had Rhea give a, a strong definition of like you're an immigrant as struggling in this way. I oh. Puerto Rico is part of America. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. I'm really glad that they hammered that. <laughs> you're you're all struggling. You know, I'm a cop. Like I'm a, like you know, I live in a decent house. Like you're all struggling. I mean, What's your I mean, We can afford an apartment in Brooklyn. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm about to be captain next week. That was, that was really yeah. charming. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love, I love when he's getting the cakes and he gets there and the what does the cake say? I'm not uh, proud. I'm not, I'm not proud. proud. <laughs> <laughs> or even when he's arguing with his parents and she's like, "Mom doesn't even have driver's license. She doesn't need to. We live in New York and we'll never leave." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I love about this movie is like, it, this is a really funny movie. Like yes. I forget, like that first one's, really, but there's like, a lot of great comedy, like Lord Miller or comedic geniuses. But like, there's like, like, like you cry, like I cry too. Like there's so much good drama. Like in the middle of like their big barbecue, they have a fight and. Miles, once Miles says whatever, dude, I was a teenager. They used to say whatever to his mom, and boy, how does she not like it? Yeah. So the second he said whatever, I'm like, Miles, my god. I said the same thing. I was whatever. like, yeah, Miles. Um, yeah, real. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, that got flashbacks from whenever my parents were yelling at my brother. I was like, ooh, two months, good. Um, I definitely had that moment. I definitely, definitely had that moment where, where like the parent moment, like, not even parent moment, like the bystander moment where you're like in the moment. It's just like whatever. And you're like. Oh, oh boy! Just walk it back. Walk it back. Real quick. Walk it back. Just walk it. Just back it up. Back it the up. Poor, the poor DJ is like trying to make the music louder oh, so no one else can hear. He's yeah. like, uh, man, I don't. I don't generally because at, at this point in our lives, like movies come out on VOD so fast. But like, th there is so much visual splendor and like so much fun and love love in this movie. Like, I really do want to see it on the big screen again, just because like, it, like my no matter how nice my TV, my 4K TV is, like it will never be like a big screen. Um, yeah. And like I can never get this experience again unless it's just reshown in theaters in a year or whatever. So like, I I don't want to wait for the next the next Spider Verse movie. Like I'm I read like twenty Spider Man comics this weekend. Like I'm I'm Jones for Spider Man. Yeah, right I want to I want to see it again. You know, it's it's so solid. Um, yeah, it's the emotionality is really good. I think the one other thing that we haven't so much. The one other thing I want to spotlight is um, 
Miles has a very excellent uh, montage of like, let me catch you up to speed. Uh, and uh, I I got a mustache, made another apology. <laughs> His YouTube apologies. Yeah. Hey, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, um, I read a 2099 comic and Lila, uh, the, the digital lady that was helping Miguel, that's yes. a thing from the comics from the 90s too. So like, that's that's cool. You know, they, they did the, obviously did their research and all this stuff. One other thing I pointed out to Ryan when we were talking about it off air is that I, I was really hoping going into this movie that when they did, the, because I expected there to be a little bit of like a, uh, the, the reference to the story that's happened before for the characters so when they throw the comics back down it wasn't a new pile it was on top of the pile from into the spider continue and i really really yeah. like that yeah, yeah me too. love it love it okay should we rate it yes absolutely yes. I, I i have a feeling it's gonna be it, this is gonna be another one of those andors baby got a feeling ben 10 out of 10 absolutely perfect as of this moment in time the best spider-man film ever made of course beyond hasn't come out yet that might change but if beyond is just as good as uh, across and into the spider-verse films could be the best spider-man trilogy ever hands down no discussion no debate it is by far the most emotional most beautifully made um animation it this if these films while other animated films are making great impacts. I feel like this one is going to continue and make an even greater impact in the animation world and get more people to be like, animation is not just for kids. Yes, this is a comic movie. Yes, this is made for families. When I was in my theater, I had a lot of kids around me, but the stories that are told in these films, the stories that are um, the way that it's being portrayed so that everyone can enjoy it. You don't have to be a Spider-Man fan to love, to love these movies. 10 out of 10 hands down the best Spider-Man film made up to this point in time. Ryan. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely a 10 out of 10. I, if I could, I would give it 11 out of 10. Like truly it's, it's, it's like, again, it's like so much effort was made. It was put in this movie and there's not a single frame of like, we shouldn't work this hard today. Like every single day, like these guys put their whole ass into it. And it's like, it's, the it's whole ass. their whole ass. Not, it's not a cheek was left out. Um, this is already, like I wasn't worried about it making a lot of money, but you know, like a big movie like this, I wanted to succeed, and it is the the biggest like opening weekend of the year so far. Uh, I think next to Mario, and I'm, I'm just like, really, that's incredible. I'm really happy to see that because I had expected that Into the Spider Verse's popularity only grew after it left theaters because the theater box office wasn't great for Into the yeah. Spider Verse. It was respectable, but it wasn't great. And what we're seeing with Across the Spider Verse is that very thing happened. People were watching Into the Spider Verse, and now have come to Across the Spider Verse, and it's making even more money. I love it. Yeah. And we're only. We're a year or less away from the next one, so like they're just they're just spit polishing that thing, baby. And like we're gonna, I'm I have no no doubt it's gonna March, be March, I think, right now. That's June. Yeah, that's crazy. June, June. I just looked like, it up. Okay. Well, exactly one year from now. It's still, uh, yeah, ten out of ten. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I actually might try to see this again. Yeah, it is actually exactly a year from today. Hell yeah. Um, Sparks. Ten out of ten. Uh, easily, certainly hands down, one hundred percent. Um. We talked about it as long as we could, and I'm sure there's more I could have dug out, but like I think we covered a, a really good round of it. It's it's impressive because of how strong its thematic and emotional story is at its heart. What it's saying is really great. What it's saying about Spider-Man as a as a moniker, as a character, as an ideal hero is so strong. I really like it. I really like what it sets up. It's visually stunning. Uh, beyond what the first one did, it is opening new doors in animation once again. It's just blowing us away. The fact that it can do everything it did and just somehow 
take what Into the Spider-Verse gave it and just keep keep on pushing, keep on elevating. Like, it's so impressive. Uh, how could it not be? How could it not be? Real 10 quick, out of 10. Real quick before you go, Brandon. And it's like, again, after reading <clears throat> uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 26 this week and just seeing just like the disarray that that, that character is in right now, I'm just like... Man, like this movie, it's it's just like it is like a direct message of like, why do we have to do it this way? Why do we have to just kill people to 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 sell comics to make Peter like it's 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 truly incredible that this these came out the same week that a, a, a Amazing Spider-Man 26 and this came out because it's like it's like a direct like obviously this movie was made years ago, but it's just so funny how the world works that way. I just like it's this is a really important movie, not just for animation, but for like Spider-Man in this current pop culture world. And I hope this movie has ramifications for the comics because like, boy, howdy, if there's any synergy we need, it's freaking Miles in, in Spider-Man in the comics. And for representation. Yeah, no doubt. So I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I really love this movie. I think it's gorgeous. I really love the stuff they do with Gwen Stacy. But that pacing issue that I mentioned up top is a factor for me uh, more so than I than I wish, which is why I wanted to see it a second time, see if that smoothed over. But right now, because I don't like it as much as the first one, which is a 10 out of 10 for me, this one is a 9.5. Sure. That's perfect. That's totally cool. I love it. Um, okay. Shall we go into a book club then? Mm-hmm.